Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on, man? What you up to? Uh, planning my weekend. How so? Well, it looks like there's some cool stuff to do. I'm looking at a Nerf Gun War Day coming up. Um, Chateau movie night at the park. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs training camp. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff going on around here. Where are you finding all this stuff, bro? Uh, you know, this guy told me about some app on my phone. And uh, now I know there's stuff going on around here I didn't know about. Guess what? I've got him here in the studio. What? Yeah. Donald Hawkins. Hi, Donald. Hello, guys. Thanks for coming in, man. I really like your app. I'm going to make sure that Matt's wife gets him booked up for all kinds uh, of family activities. That's it. Yeah. So anyway, Donald, you're the uh, CEO and founder of the City Smart app, found at GoCitySmart.com. Tell us a little bit about your jam, man. Yeah, man. Uh, we had the concept about two years ago and uh, found that kind of solve a couple different problems small business advertising has gotten really really complex and really really expensive so nowadays just to compete you got to have a videographer blogger influencers and also on the consumer side of things when you move into a city you know it's really hard to really get to know everything you know we joke at the yellow pages back in the day but at least you had a booklet that had every business listed what are the yellow pages what are they Exactly. The yellow pages is something they throw on my driveway that goes right into my recycle bin. Exactly. You know, I don't actually think I get one anymore. Maybe we opted out of it. I'll bring I'll bring mine over if you want. Kind of even out I the would, uh, the coffee table, I right? I don't even know what to do with the yellow pages. So anyway, so your app aggregates a lot of different data. Um, well, we're here in Kansas City. Is that where you're pulling events from? You guys in some other spots? or? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we now are in three markets. So we have one in South Fulton, Georgia, uh, called the Sofu Guide. We have another app in Dallas called the Dallas City App. And I uh, just recently launched uh, the Joko Guide here in Johnson County, Kansas. Okay. So what made you want to start all this? Well, you know... Uh, I moved to two different cities uh, within two years with my family, and when I got to the towns, I kind of hit the ground running and working, and I realized how difficult the time my wife had really acclimating to the area, and, you know, you don't really go to your next-door neighbor and ask for a referral to a proctologist. You know, it just doesn't really work nowadays, <laughs> right? That's so, weird. He asked me about that this morning. Well, yeah. I stand corrected. There I did. <laughs> I said, I said uh, Matt, I, since I know you have an extensive list of proctologists, where can you refer me? I oh. gave him the City Smart app. There, there you go. So, you know, word of mouth just doesn't work as well as it used to, you know, and then we all know some really great businesses that aren't on Main Street and they just really can't afford to advertise to local consumers. So we wanted to develop an app first for consumers to find businesses and things to do, but then also to give control to businesses so they can be a little bit more proactive with promotions of their business to local consumers. Okay. Well, you know, I've been in event promotion and, you know, was a ticket broker at one point. I have a pretty strong appreciation for things that aggregate events. Um, and, you know, I think that's pretty cool. I know that, you know, we're always looking for something to do and it's kind of hard. You're right. It's kind of hard to... You, where are you going to go online? You're going to Google what's going on this weekend, or you know, I get 10 million different things in the in the mail that 
usually make it straight to my recycle bin. Matt, where do you normally figure out what to do? You, you seem like you've got a, a busy social and uh, family schedule. Well, I, you hear about some of the events on Facebook. People chatter about it. Like um, somehow or another, we heard Touch a Truck was coming to Kansas City. And I told right. you, right? I said, hey, are you guys going to this? So and sometimes four, you hear from other people. Four hours later, when I got your message, I realized I missed it. Yeah. But in every once in a while, I do go to Google and I search for stuff like things to do in Kansas City. Like my wife and I go out on date night, you know, every week right. or every couple of weeks. And I was like, what are we going to do? Let's do something different. Um, and honestly, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what to do. So I have three little kids and I have to get them out of the house a lot of times or they will drive me crazy. So I love it if I can go to touch a truck or whatever it is, something to get them out of the house. So it's great to be able to find events like that, family friendly events. Um, so this really serves a need for me. Right. All right. So Donald, in regards to your business, what cities are you in? So Atlanta, Dallas, and Johnson County, Kansas. Did you tell me that earlier? I think I did. Wow. But doesn't hurt to repeat it. This is what happens when we record at the end of the day. So, (laughs) all right. So which one of those, where did you start first? So uh, Dallas, Texas was our alpha market. South Fulton, Georgia was the beta market. Okay. And, uh, you know, here on Startup Hustle, we like to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, baby. So um, your business is relatively new, but you've been getting some downloads and got Mm -hmm. some people using your app. What are some of the things that were really challenging in the beginning? Well, you know, the the cool thing about being an entrepreneur, you know, and one thing that I subscribe to is just really being lean. So we knew from the very beginning we wanted to get something out there fast and in a hurry. So our initial uh, iteration, we assumed that we would develop this beautiful platform and then license it to chambers of commerce across the country. They would love it and sell it to millions of businesses, and we would just all be happy and retire early. And we realized that chambers don't work like that. Uh, so we found out in, in about in what regard meaning. So chambers mostly are not for profits. Okay. Uh, so we figured they had access to a lot of businesses in their local market. So we give them a platform where they could generate revenue. We'd have a profit split system with them. And uh, they just weren't as aggressive with selling uh, our business subscriptions to their local businesses as we thought they were. So we pivoted in March and realized that we had to manage each market. And then we moved the Chambers of Commerce to be part of our sales distribution. So now they're our partners along with business associations and churches and not-for-profits. So uh, we that was a quick lesson that we learned, a little bit of a, a hit to the gut, you know, but something that we've learned from. And because of that pivot, it now gives us the ability to be a little bit more aggressive with the markets we want to scale into. Well, this, this is a common problem for a lot of startups, a lot of companies. I think they get a partnership that is going to like work magic for them. Um, and then a lot of times they don't, right? Uh, we had that happen early on at Venn Solutions. We partnered with the largest company in automotive. We thought they were going to resell our product. We thought we were going to be millionaires or something or thousandaires. I don't even know. But um, we sat around for like over a year trying to get get it to happen, waiting for them. Like I wanted to call them every day and be like, what are we doing? What's going on? But we were like priority number 100 on their list. And it ended up going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, would but, imagine, I would imagine that's what happened with the Chamber of Commerce. Because, yep, you know, once those, once those meetings end, those people go back to their, their lives and their businesses. It's so hard to just, start yeah. a business and you're 100% reliant on some partner to move your business forward. And sometimes it works and it works great. But a lot of people... You got to have, I think, a plan B too. Yeah, working can, on the back in the background on something else because that doesn't work. Exactly, you can create a whole different set of problems too. Like if your business becomes overly dependent on just one sales yeah. channel as well, then that can be put you in a you know kind of you're 
it's leveraging against you, you know, all of a sudden your eggs make, in one basket makes it hard to raise money and stuff like that. Um, you recently have, uh, you've participated in some startup accelerators. Am I correct? Yeah. Well, we just got accepted into one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we got accepted into uh, an Austin based accelerator called Quake. Uh, so they have three cohorts, uh, one in New York, one in LA and one in Austin. And they gave us the option of choosing either city and, we knew that Austin was the place to go uh, from a tech standpoint nowadays, number three tech market in the country. So definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, Austin's a cool town. But... And you get to go there in the winter. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hot seen, place in the summer. Have you ever seen the bats fly out? I have not. The it's the craziest thing. Yeah, yeah. Th- they sent a little package uh, to us a couple days ago to kind of get us up to speed. And I thought that was a weird note that it has the largest urban bat population in the U.S. Like, why would they send us that? There, there's this, uh, I've only seen it one time, there's this giant bridge that crosses whatever river's running through there. And there, there's just like a half a million bats that live under it. So every night at sundown, they start to take off and it causes this chain reaction. And as they fly off into the horizon, they kind of like form this really like weird coil. Of, like Voltron? It's not even. It's like, it's like it's like a long like swirl, almost like Weird. a screw or a drill wow. bit, and they just like I've never seen anything like that. And I don't know if I'd probably go back and see it again, but wow. yeah, check it out. It's kind of odd. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see it. And, and behave yourself on what is it, Sixth Street? Oh yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, what are your like? What do you? Tr- I mean, what are your short, medium, and long-term objectives here? I, I know that the, the accelerator is meant to kind of help speed the development process, but, you know, based on what you figured out so far, what do you see yourself doing? Yeah, so we really want to be the community's uh, app choice, right? So there are apps for everything. You know, there's apps for friends like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. There's apps for businesses like LinkedIn. But when you look at most consumers, the most important thing to them outside of their families is really their communities, right? Because they live there, play there, kids go to school there. But there really is a large gap, you know, uh, that apps have not filled. You know, Johnson County is an amazing county in Kansas, and yet it's really difficult to find out what's going on. I mean, I live, um, you know, in the heart of Johnson County in Leewood, and there's a golf tournament that I forgot about until I saw a banner today. Right. I drove by it this morning. It's like right around the corner from my house. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's that time of year. It's just so difficult. But most people would love to be more connected. So we started City Smart as a I would like to know it's there so I can take a different route. That Exactly. I mean, because, yeah, and I'm glad that that reminded me. Um, Speaking of which, haven't you pursued or don't you have some great ideas regarding security? Definitely. Yeah. So we started City Smart as a, a tool primarily for small businesses to promote themselves to local consumers. And then we realized by allowing small businesses to push notifications, we could also use that technology for cities and police departments and churches. So now we've opened it up to those organizations so that they can keep people up to date on when streets are being worked on or if there's an active situation. And then we started to kind of compare options. I mean, right now, an Amber Alert in most markets, it takes two to three hours to go from somebody's head to actually being sent out on phones because there's so many clearinghouses it has to go through. If a police department is looking for someone important right now on our app, they can reach thousands of consumers in three seconds. So it really kind of changed the thought process behind the app because we realized, man, this is a lot bigger than what we originally thought. It's really a way for the community to connect. So now cities and all of these different organizations can communicate with local people. So this app has a lot of really great information in it as a consumer. Uh, My least favorite thing about business-to-consumer apps is monetizing them. 
because consumers don't pay for anything. Mm -hmm. They're all cheap. I'm cheap. But so how do you monetize this? Yeah. So right now we give businesses uh, the option to purchase a free profile, uh, which isn't really a purchase, it's just free. Uh, and then we use freemium model to get them to upgrade to our silver or gold plan. So uh, with our silver plan, we allow businesses to push notifications to consumers. Uh, that's also how we grow the app. We incentivize a local coffee shop, a local salon to get their customers to download the app and follow their profile. In exchange, they now can push notifications to these consumers directly on their phones. And our gold level plan, we allow them to push notifications, but also set up a geofence. So now anyone that fits their target demographic that's within a 20 to 50 foot radius of their business will receive an automatic message pretty much to welcome them to their business or offer an incentive to try them out for the first time. So have you seen some good ROI from the, the early customers that have used this? Definitely. Any good stories there? Definitely. Our no, number one story is still funny to me. In South Fulton, we have uh, a nail salon who only got 27 of their customers to follow them within the first couple of weeks of signing up with the app and generated thousands of dollars in revenue within like the first two weeks. And, uh, and they got pretty comfortable because it was working even with that small amount of people uh, as well. So we found that uh, as we start to scale, this geofencing feature is a game changer because now it gives every business the ability to send a message to a consumer that fits their target demographic. You know, push notifications are a lot of responsibility. You've got to make sure that, you, what was it, in Hawaii? You know about that? No. Hawaii, oh, everybody got the sent, lava? No, they got sent a push notification saying a missile was Oh, on the yeah, lava. that's right. Yeah. Oh, that shows you the uh, the engagement the and open rate. Yeah. It, it works yeah. Yeah, if people see it. Push notifications have a 90% open rate compared to email, which sure. is 20%, social media posts, 12% and declining. You definitely freaked out more than 90% yeah. of people that received it. Um, so if I'm using your app to send push notifications to my clients or potential, you know, potential clients, um, do I have to opt in or anything like that? With, with like, do I have to already be a client at the business? No. So it works two ways. Um, if you go to your favorite local coffee shop, you're going to see a window cling on the door that says find us on whatever the local app is. And then the barista is going to say, hey, download this app and we'll give you 50 cents off your next cup of coffee. You have a smartphone, so you do it and you think to yourself, if the app is garbage, I'll just delete it later. But right now I want my 50 cents off. And you download the app. Two days later, you get a message from the same coffee shop saying, hey, come back. We have a new blend we'd like you to try. Or if it's a local golf shop, come back tomorrow and we have 25% off these sets of clubs. And you kind of scale from there. On the geofencing side, uh, it's a little bit different. We let the business choose the target demographic. On iOS, they are really serious about people opting in. So there's two prompts we have to give consumers on iOS to accept the, uh, the push notifications. On Android, it's just one. So, and, and we also make it easy for consumers to mute it or either just completely turn off the notification feature. So, so how often can that nail salon send out a push notification? I mean, obviously, they don't want to do that like every hour. Correct. Right? So, Yeah, so it depends on the plan. The lowest plan, uh, the silver plan, we let them push the notification once per day. Gold plan is twice per day. And we have a platinum plan that we let them push it three times per day. Uh, but most businesses don't abuse that because we let them know, listen, it's your responsibility. It's very similar to Facebook, right? When Facebook first started, if you followed a business, every post you made, for the most part, people saw it. And if people didn't like what you were sending, they unfollowed you. Right. It works the same way with us. Well, so can they mute notifications from that one 
store or, or if they're muting all the notifications, they're muting everything from your app. So we give them the option of doing it all both ways. So okay. they can mute all or mute specific businesses. But again, if, if a business is sending you something that you don't want, you're likely just going to unfollow them anyway. Yeah. Cause I mean, that would be the fear, right? Is does some one of your customers somehow ruin the experience for everybody? And mm-hmm. next thing you know, everybody's uninstalling your app because of that one company. Yeah. So that's our hope with the other features. So, you know, once you have the ability to see all the local events for free in one place, as opposed to viewing eight or 15 different websites, we're finding that that's keeping people coming back more. In about two weeks, we're launching a new user interface that's also going to show people all the local offers in their area based off categories. So, so different coupons and mm-hmm, stuff. All the food offers, fitness offers, health and wellness offers. So we're adding all these other features to keep people coming back because a lot of consumers might not really care about finding businesses. I was pretty impressed when I opened it and it, it's got to be dynamic because it showed me about Kansas City Chiefs training camp, mm-hmm. which is obviously just happens for you know three weeks or whatever it is. So yeah, it's great that the app is dynamic and it's kind of ever changing. That's really cool. Awesome. I think it's pretty cool from the perspective, like if I've got a business and you know it's just dead tonight, I could just decide to do twenty five percent off. That's it, you know, or something like that. And you know, anything that can draw people in. That's where you know apps like Open Table and stuff like that have have been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm personally not someone that I, I won't wait in line. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't do the 30 minute wait. I'll come back at 3 PM when you're not busy or I'll just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great for, so, a, for a restaurant and stuff like right, that. That's fantastic. Right, right. Right. And you just think about, you know, free mango shakes. If you come in today, right. Oh man, I want a mango shake. Bag. One more week. Right. And you're heading out, you're heading out of here to go ten, get your mango days, shake. Ten yeah. days. Well, and then, and then 30 hours of travel back to full scale. See the uh, the team. Oh man, I'm gonna have to like put something in my mango shake before the flight. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, well, how do you promote this? How do you get? How do you raise awareness for what you're doing without blowing through tens of thousands of dollars? You know, there's so much there's so much noise out there, um, and you know that's an issue you probably deal with from a sales perspective oh, yeah. too. It's like you know, why do I want to put this in? And you know, and apps like yours are always difficult in the beginning because people want how many people have downloaded it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're on day four and you're like twenty, <laughs> and uh, that's not really screaming like exposure. Mm-hmm. But um, how do you get people to? How do you raise awareness and get people to find out about this? Yeah. So in each market, we hire what we call area sales managers. So they function like ambassadors. So their job is to go and meet with the local cities, the chambers of commerce, the business associations, and pretty much walk them through the platform and show them how it works. And we provide profile pages to them for free um, because we know they have larger audiences. And if we can help them adopt to the app, then we in in exchange for that get a lot of their consumers. That's another cool thing that we kind of focus on. You know, we let most businesses nowadays have given up on marketing and advertising, and they now focus primarily on loyalty. So with our platform, we pretty much allow each business to really focus on their existing customers. And that's where the real value comes in. If we have 20 people that have downloaded the app, but all 20 are your customers, you can reach 20 people every single day, which right now is difficult for you to do just via email. Or if you're lucky and you have a text list, which is still really difficult to get people to give the cell phone numbers. So in each market, we use these ambassadors and they really kind of evangelize each individual app. So as a as a nerd and a data nerd, how do you track engagement with this? Like how do you track like how many people download your app every day and how many people use it? Like your uh, 
you know, monthly active users, stuff like that? How do you track that? Well, it's gotten a lot easier now because both Android and iOS keep track of those numbers for you. Uh, yeah, so it's really neat to look at. So now we're moving a little bit deeper towards machine learning. Uh, so we can start to uh, essentially estimate, you know, what it is a consumer is looking for before they look. And even a step further, you know, there's the whole sentiments learning, which we're kind of digging into now. And that's a little freaky because it, it almost it predicts what you want before you want it. So we're looking at all of these different data points that we're pulling in from the app, the amount of time a consumer is spending on a page, uh, specific events that they tend to like. And if another business pops up that fits that user's MO, then we recommend to that user what it is they can do in their local area. But did you have to build custom tools to do that? Or is that part of Google Play and iOS Store? The, the machine learning side is definitely custom. You know, Google will tell you how many downloads and how many daily active users you have and how often they use the site or the app as well. But on the machine learning side, yeah, that's definitely something that we've had to go custom to start building. Are you still building that or is that available? We're, st we're still building it. So in about two to three weeks, we'll have a new user interface with all of those things built in. That'd be pretty cool if every time I open it, you know, I always go and look at like family events and then it starts to recommend those. Mm -hmm. So that brings up a great question. Um, you're, how do you, how do you kind of determine what functionalities and features you want in your app? So it doesn't end up being like a thousand different things. That's, so how do, I, how do you keep it relevant to me, right? That's the tough part. And that's also why we're kind of involving machine learning because there's so many things that we can add. Uh, in our new user interface, whenever a user registers, we ask them what they're interested in just to kind of help uh, customize the app specifically to them. With machine learning, the app will then learn you and every day, every second, really rearrange itself based off of what it is that uh, we feel you're interested in as well. So, uh, so that's kind of how we plan to make it customized for each consumer. That's cool. I got to figure out how to get more people to use this. This is cool, man. Yeah, man. I know my, sure. my wife, I need to get her to download this. Yeah, I think it's, I, once again, going back to what I said in the beginning, I just think it's cool because, you know, do, what percentage of the events that are in there are free? Uh, about 95%. But wow. the way we set it up, every business that gets a profile, whether it's free or paid, we let them promote every event and every offer that they have. We just want every single event possible in an area to be in the app. And we categorize it for the consumer. So if you want to go and find live music, there will be a category for live music. There will be one for religion. There will be one for festivals. There will be one for uh, beer. I mean, so anything that you want to find, you know, you will be able to find it because we give businesses the ability to upload as much as they like. Is there a version of this for Cebu City? Uh, not yet. But we got to figure out how to hook that up. You know, we're going to take Donald with us and, Boom. and get it hooked up. So Can we be the city ambassador for Cebu City? Maybe. I, I like that. But the problem is, is if we're not speaking English, I'm not going to know what the hell any of the events are. What are you talking about? They all speak English. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying maybe they don't. <laughs> so, well, Donald, I really like what you're doing. I think it's pretty cool. I, I love the idea of being able to tap into you know, a list of things that are free, especially. Um, I'm not as cheap as Watson. I'm pretty close. cheap. Yeah. But no, I think that's cool. And especially for people with kids, I think that that's uh, always a challenge. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to do it? And, you know, sometimes we get halfway through the day and because it's not that easy to figure that mm -hmm. out, we don't do anything. So well, I think I'm going to go get busy working on this. There's an app for that now. All right. Oh. I'm there. Thanks for coming in, Donald. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. See you next time, everyone. 
thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.